I'm your health coach, Melissa Lee. Here at Thriving with Nourishment Health, I provide women with the resources to reclaim fertility and celebrate periods through the lens of functional medicine. It is time to empower ourselves with natural solutions over band-aid medicines. We will get to the root cause of symptoms to see the bigger picture. Let us find the ability to heal ourselves, get back to Mother Nature, and live in a healthier world. Hi everyone, say hi to Dr. Zen, a naturopathic doctor and the founder of NMD Wellness of Scottsdale, a naturopathic medical practice focusing on helping women in their 20s and 30s take a proactive approach to their hormone and fertility health. She works with a variety of hormone-related issues, including PCOS and endometriosis. So we're going to be talking about in vitro fertilization, IVF, today. So if you're here listening and you've been wondering about it or you don't really know what it is, um, hopefully you will learn something new. So welcome, Dr. Zen. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be chatting with you. Yes. So I think this is the first episode on the podcast, also focusing on IVF, you know, like... um, our work correlates very well. I deal with a lot of PCOS women too. So I'm really excited to get started. Um, So can you just let us know what is IVF and who is it for? Sure. So when it comes to IVF, I think it's super important that we talk about this topic, particularly on your podcast, because oftentimes we assume that natural medicine and procedures like IVF are totally on the opposite spectrum and they're really not. And so working together, I think is really helpful in using natural medicine to either optimize IVF, maybe reduce your need for IVF. Um, But in in turn, I think it's super important because so many patients go to their reproductive endocrinologist and have questions like, what should I be eating? What supplements should I be taking? And they get kind of these blanket statements. So um, if you're unfamiliar with IVF, so um, IVF is the idea of getting mature eggs that are collected from the ovaries and removing them actually from the body in order to, and that process is called a form of egg retrieval, and then collecting sperm from your partner, making sure that we collect the right form of sperm. So making sure it's the healthiest sperm, it has the best motility, so it doesn't have two heads and it's, you know, (laughs) moving in the right direction. Um, And then we're able to make a baby kind of in an embryo. And then the idea is that after that embryo, typically there's some type of genetic testing that is done on that embryo. Um, And then it's reinserted into the woman for implantation. So um, it's a really great procedure, especially for patients who maybe have genetic abnormalities. They've had miscarriages in the past. Um, Some patients that have PCOS go through IVF um, because they may struggle to ovulate on their own. So um, the idea is typically we're we're really trying to find the best quality eggs um, in order to make that healthy and happy embryo. So most couples, that are undergoing um, an IVF cycle are undergoing it because they've struggled to conceive either naturally or again, um, they've tried maybe some pharmaceutical interventions. So maybe they've had Clomid or Letrozole, otherwise known as Famara. um, And they most likely have been through some form of other um, fertility treatments. The most common is going to be IUI, which is an intrauterine insemination process, which is pretty much the idea of when a reproductive endocrinologist takes the sperm directly 
and then uses a small catheter to bring it to the finish line. So there's different forms of IVF. So um, sometimes it's done with a frozen embryo transfer. Sometimes it's done with a process called ICSI. So there's a lot of different ways that IVF can be done. Um, but since about one in eight couples will struggle with one form of infertility or another, um, IVF is actually really, really common. That's actually really good to know. I feel like if, you know, someone's listening to this and they have a lot of trouble, uh, you know, trying to conceive and also going through so many miscarriages and yeah, you're right, like in PCOS, not ovulating, it actually takes a lot of toll on the mental health, emotional health too. Like, oh my gosh, like absolutely. I feel like, right. <laughs> so you were saying that, um, so IVF would work the best if we can have really good sperm, you know, good morphology, right shape, all that and also having the best quality eggs. Mm -hmm. So are there things that people can do if they're choosing IVF, you know, are there things that they can do naturally to actually improve their chances? The truth is yes. So this is something actually at our clinic we specialize in. So we're really focused on fertility, optimizing your fertility, both for natural and for IVF cycles. Um, and we truly believe that um, when we prepare the body by addressing some of these key factors like uh, sugar control, inflammation, GI health, environmental toxins, and micro um, nutrient like status, so vitamins and nutrients, we really see the best success. So patients are doing less forms of IVF. Some of them are getting natural, or, you know, pregnant naturally even before they start their IVF cycle. And the idea is that we're not trying to get pregnant um, patients just pregnant. We want them to have those <laughs> healthy and happy babies at the end of the road. So, um, you know, something that we always think is really interesting is so often, you know, if you've been trying to get pregnant um, for a couple months now, or are just starting to think about it and getting off of birth control, most of us have Googled at some point, like, what is the best like fertility diet? What mm -hmm. supplement should I take? Like all of those questions. And oftentimes it can be so controversial. So some people say one diet is better for another, and it can be super overwhelming. So um, at our clinic, we really help patients streamline that. So they're getting the right protocol for them. Um, and so this is super important. So I would say that when it comes to fertility treatments, fertility treatments are typically in the United States not covered by insurance. They're considered a luxury, um, which is awful. So a lot of insurance companies <laughs> don't cover hormone testing and they definitely don't cover things like IVF. So there is a quite a... Um, a uh, cost uh, perspective of any type of treatment. So IVF is one of them. The average cost for an IVF cycle can be upwards of $20,000. So it's extremely expensive. And so we talk to our patients about taking, you know, one to three months prior to their IVF cycle to really maximize um, their health. And the big things that we notice make the biggest difference is addressing sugar control. So this isn't just looking at your sugar levels the day of the blood draw, known as a fasting sugar level or glucose level, but we're looking at your prediabetes markers, your insulin levels, all of those things can really make a difference. Um, if you're having trouble with constipation um, and you're like, oh my God, Gosh, I have a bunch of fibroids and I don't know why I'm developing them. Oftentimes that constipation can have a big impact on our estrogen metabolism, which can also affect um, fibroid production. So these are all things that we need to address. And that that's where working with a naturopathic doctor, a functional medicine provider, and your health coach really do make um, the biggest difference. That sounds great. I feel like whatever you just shared is also great just for like preconceiving yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> especially it's the so fiber true. part mm -hmm. yeah 
Are there any, uh, what are your top three tips for boosting chances of success with IVF? So I really like to talk about food as medicine. Food is truly medicine and there are studies to show that it is really beneficial. So before you add, you know, yet another supplement to your supplement list or your cart, or you see an influencer kind of talking about a particular um, uh, supplement, I would say, start with food as medicine. What are you doing every single day? Um, what's interesting too, and I don't know if you've noticed this too, this year as we start 2022, um, everyone's over New Year's resolutions. And I get that, right? Like, yeah. we're like, don't talk to me about a resolution. <laughs> like, I'm not going on a diet, which is exciting actually, because those trendy diets are really not helpful. So it's really not that food is simply calories in and calories out, like a lot of those diet trends kind of like to tell you. Um, but understanding that food is really information for ourselves. So making sure that we're consuming really those like nutrient dense, high quality foods does make a big difference. Um, and I also actually want to mention when it comes to food, um, being careful with intermittent fasting. This is also a big trend in the health and wellness space. And although intermittent fasting has some really good research when it comes to sugar control, or um, we use it a lot in our clinic for postmenopausal women. It, however, can interfere with your ability to ovulate. So it's not something that we suggest for our patients trying to get pregnant. So if your doctor was like, you know, in order to get pregnant, you probably should lose weight. And then they're like, maybe you should try intermittent fasting. That's usually not the way to go. So understanding that food is medicine. And most of the time, um, it's not about restricting calories. And in fact, just increasing those nutrient dense food. When we talk to patients, a lot of times during their first visit, we realize that most of them actually aren't eating enough. They're maybe eating some empty calories, some processed foods um, that feel like they're full, but they're not really as nutrient dense. And those are super important for your micronutrient status. So your minerals and your vitamins. Um, and also for that egg quality. So I find that to be kind of my, my number one. Um, I love that. Rule. It's, mm -hmm. it's important. Food is really the, the most important thing when it comes to, to getting pregnant naturally, or, you know, optimizing your IVF cycle, what you eat every single day does make a big difference, you know, focusing on avoiding those processed foods, those artificial foods, and specifically those foods that are kind of listed as healthy, but they're still processed are still junk food. So being careful with, you know, focusing on those clean foods is um, something I always suggest. And then to go kind of back to that sugar control, stabilizing your blood sugar is really my second most important tip. Um, mm. Stabilizing your blood sugar through the day is really important. So making sure that you're having breakfast every morning, that you're not skipping lunch because you're working super hard and haven't really had time for lunch, um, making time for uh, meal time and getting away from your computer for, you know, 10, 15 minutes, um, closing that computer, getting away from your phone and actually taking time to do simple things like chew um, can make a big difference. We've had so many patients who come to us and they're like, you know, I have really bad gas and bloating. And when we talk about how quickly they eat, they're like, oh yeah, I have like no time. So I do it in like yes. five minutes. <laughs> So, that is no time at all to break anything down. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, digest them. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't give your body the time to digest or stimulate digestion to even happen. So if mm -hmm. you are eating that quote unquote perfect diet, right? You're having very nutrient dense foods, but you're also not spending time actually 
you know, in that moment, being mindful, chewing your food, it's almost going to waste. So really being intentional. And I, and I think that's something in 2022, a lot of us are thinking about is not about changes, but being more intentional about the things that we do in our life. And I really like to advocate for that um, infertility because it does make a big difference. We need to be intentional about the things that we do every day. I think I personally was even in naturopathic school and medical school, I knew that food was important, but it was something that I loved so much that I was like, ah, I'll just take another supplement or maybe I'll exercise or do these other things. And it wasn't until I really learned and changed my perspective and mindset about using food as medicine that Mm -hmm. A, my health got better. um, And I realized the real importance of how it can impact hormones. So um, this is something that is is also helpful, Um, making sure that you have those healthy fats and proteins with every meal. Um, You can get those proteins from um, plant bases too. So it doesn't always have to be animal-based. We just have seen, unfortunately, in our clinic that some patients that are, um, you know, restrictively vegan um, sometimes struggle with those micronutrients. It's not everyone, and that's where testing is super helpful. Um, Mm -hmm. But we definitely find that making sure that you have those healthy fats and proteins um, does make, you know, quite a big difference. And then the third one that I always like to talk about is stress management. And the reason this is important is, you know, that feeling when someone just like, especially someone you like barely know is like, oh, you're not getting pregnant. Well, so you've maybe, been trying for a while. Yeah. Or like you just need to relax and it will happen. And you literally want to slap them in the face. Well, that is so true, but there's also something else too. When a doctor says sometimes you need to relax or stress management, if they're not giving you any tools to do that or explaining that, that isn't very helpful because a, like we can't live in a glass box, right? We can't like stop working, go on vacation for three months and, and just do whatever we want to. So instead we need to work on what are things that we can do every single day, things we can implement that can help us manage our, um, our stress. And the biggest reason that we need to work on stress management is in modern life, we have kind of this low grade stress. So a lot of people will come in and say, but I don't really feel stressed. Um, but it isn't until we kind of look in their labs, look at what they're doing, that there's this underlying stress that is impacting their health and specifically their hormones. So something I always like to talk about, and I wish doctors would kind of mention this in, instead of just saying like, you need to relax, like just enjoy the process. It will be fun. And I have been there where you're like, seriously, that's what you tell patients. Um, but again, remember they have like five minutes with a patient. So they often don't have a lot of time to explain this. But when it comes to hormone health, we know that cortisol can significantly impact our inflammation. So this can affect, you know, our ability to get pregnant, um, our egg quality, but it also impacts our hormone production. So um, it's important that we really implement these kind of stress management techniques. Um, And again, remember that any of these stress management techniques, they don't work overnight. So if you're stressed or if you're anxious or having a panic attack and someone says, just breathe, you'll be fine. You're like, no, I won't. I can't even breathe right now. I might pass out if I do that, right? Like those things don't work in that moment. But if we start implementing them every single day, we're able to kind of rewire our brain and actually get into that parasympathetic rest and relaxation state in a lot faster ways. And I always tell patients, this is a great technique to start to learn about when you're in preconception because you're going to need it in pregnancy, whether it's labor and delivery, and then also in postpartum. So all the work that we do now 
really does make a big difference. And something that I've been like absolutely loving lately is the teachings by Wim Hof. Are you familiar with Wim yes. Hof? I do. I love love him. So for those who are not familiar, he is uh, an amazing kind of um, health guru from the Netherlands. And he's an extraordinary man who's known as kind of like the ice king. So he does these like amazing like swims in like polar ice caps with like just a Speedo. It's amazing. And he talks about breath work and the importance of breath work. And there, you know, you can find it on YouTube. There's some great videos there, but things like that to just like implement on a day-to-day basis. I wear the um, aura ring, which is kind of like a Fitbit or like um, one of those bio trackers. And it's been really interesting to watch how just breath work, just 11 minutes of breath work. Mm-hmm. It was funny the other night I was doing the breath work and then it alerted my phone. It was like, are you working out? It's just so much <laughs> importance of how, awesome. para- how parasympathetic systems work and how breathing can be a great way um, for stress management as well. Are there any um, kind of techniques that you like to use when it comes to breath work? Mm, Okay. So I have so much to comment on from what you just told me, (laughs) but to answer your question first about breath work, uh, it's funny that you mentioned it because I read the book Breath by James Nestor. I love it. Um, Just last night, I got my husband to do the alternate nausea breathing with me because he doesn't really do any breath stuff um yeah I've actually want to try Wim Hof a little more because you know I'm the sort of person who tends to feel cold I just want to like raise my internal body temperature yeah um yeah I I do like you know some of those breath work circles sometimes you can find them online now like just kind of like every week and yeah amazing for release I love it. Yeah. There's so many different ways of doing it. Community Mm -hmm. is super helpful. It's the reason that all of our patients also have access to health coaches um, in their program and in their membership, because we find that accountability is super helpful. What happens in a visit is great, but you get all excited and then you have to go to the real world and figure out how you're going to implement these different habits. Um, And so I find it really helpful to have a health coach on board to help you better understand and utilize Um, the new techniques and habits that um, we are working on when it comes to preconception. Yeah, I love that. Sounds good. Um, (laughs) Yes. And also, yes, that is also my work. Like there there is someone there to handhold or actually guide someone on a day-to-day basis rather than, you know, just checking in with the doctor every like one Mm -hmm. to two weeks. Yeah. Um, I did want to point out like all of your top three tips were amazing. Just from the top two, um, you know, about like, uh, not intermittent fasting and having high quality foods. Um, and then what was your second one again? Um, uh, dealing with blood sugar. So focusing yes, dealing on- with blood sugar. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And not having energy crashes. So that already, you know, pointed me in the direction of like, okay, all of these, um, you know, like fasting or crashing from like sugar or coffee that is sending your body into a sympathetic mode, which is stress. And yeah, I feel like that pattern that you described was all about stress management, because if we're stressed, our body is not going to want to ovulate or make a baby. So that's like like the bottom line. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's true. It's pretty much. And especially if you have those sugar highs and lows. Mm -hmm. So if you're, you know, grabbing a bagel first thing in the morning, and then you're maybe skipping lunch or, you know, having a sandwich and then waiting till dinner or, or any of those things where you're kind of getting these ups and downs. Another thing to notice is when you eat, do you kind of feel that like 
food coma afterwards where you're like lethargic and tired. That's also a great indicator of your sugar levels not being stabilized. A meal should be uh, fulfilling and you should feel good afterwards. You should feel energized. You shouldn't feel like you're overstuffed or Mm. overfilled. Um, So I think it's really important to look at those um, as well. And then when we have those highs and lows too, it's something that makes our body feel under stress, just like you mentioned, right? So pretty much it's like telling ourselves, okay, are we going to die today? If so, we should probably hold on to fat storages too. So patients who struggle with weight management or things like that, Mm. we know that one of the key goals that we need to do is address inflammation. So in toxin exposure, we talk about food as well, but also we need to stabilize those blood sugars. Um, And so without that, we really can't talk about like which foods to eat or like what is better for some people versus other, because without that, that blood sugar control, we really can't ovulate and we can't really help improve the chances of a successful pregnancy. Yes. And I just want to add that, um, you know, all the nutrients from food, they actually boost your ovaries to, you know, make energy and like yeah. it, they boost your cells basically. So yeah, if you're thinking about conceiving, it requires so much energy and so much like focus for the body to do so. Um, so that's why I think stress management is like the biggest piece. Yeah. And also for patients who are maybe um, on birth control right now and, and listening to this podcast thinking, okay, well, I don't want a baby now, but maybe in the future, right. also knowing your nutrient status now is really helpful. So we know oral birth control can deplete us of certain hormones. So, uh, excuse me, certain vitamins. So when we, you know, look at different studies about does birth control, you know, reduce our risk or um, increase our risk of in fertility. And the truth is, is that birth control doesn't, you know, directly in fact, or impact, excuse me, infertility. However, it does affect our nutrient status. And one of the major nutrients or two of the major nutrients that it impacts is our B12 and our folate levels, which are both critical in order to develop a baby. So specifically the neural development. Um, So there is a connection between birth control and pregnancy. And so it is important that we do everything that we can prior to. So being on a good prenatal or multivitamin prior to getting off of birth control is one great way to kind of help start kind of replenishing your body as much as possible too. I love that. Love it. Um, Is there any biggest misconception about uh, infertility that you would like to bust? Yes. Um, I specifically, when it comes to IVF, I think it's important that we mention that IVF is not the only option. It is an option and it can be extremely beneficial and extremely successful for patients. But I have heard so many stories of patients who recently got diagnosed with PCOS and their doctor immediately, even before they want to have children or anything, tell them, well, when you're ready to have a baby, just let us know so we can get you scheduled for, you know, talking about IVF. And you're like, wait a second, I haven't even gotten off of birth control. I haven't even tried to get pregnant naturally. Um, And so this is a huge misconception. Um, We have worked with a variety of patients who um, were scheduled for their IVF cycle, ended up getting pregnant naturally um, during our program because we were really able to pull back the layers and truly address kind of those root causes of their infertility. So we also know that those that are kind of labeled the unexplained infertility, which is like the worst label ever, um, which pretty much means that your doctor has no idea why you're having trouble conceiving because your hormones look good, your scans look good, semen analysis looks good. And they're like, we have no idea. 
we in our clinic have seen that many patients that have been diagnosed with unexplained infertility, which is the majority of our patients that come to us because they have been told, well, there's nothing else we can do. And in our clinic, we see this quite a bit. And we've seen kind of a, a, a common thread or trend is that um, patients with unexplained infertility, there's like a common theme between them. Either we're noticing some poor gut health that we have to address. There's usually a variety of nutrient deficiencies that need to be addressed. We also have a huge tendency with autoimmune disease, specifically thyroid disease or Hashimoto's disease. So um, even patients that have a normal, what's called thyroid stimulating hormone or TSH, um, if they have elevated levels of antibodies, so thyroid antibodies are elevated like anti-TPO. Um, there's even research that shows patients that have nutrient deficiencies and they have autoimmune conditions, they're more at risk for recurrent pregnancy loss. So why aren't we addressing this now before someone goes through an IVF cycle? Again, our goal, like everyone else, is to make sure that those patients are having those healthy and happy babies that they so desperately deserve. So we notice that by addressing some of these autoimmune components, it makes a huge difference. Um, other things that we notice in our unexplained infertility patients is there's usually a ton of inflammation, and usually this is related to toxin exposure. So our environment is filled with toxins, and unfortunately, we can't live in this perfect world where we're not exposed to any toxins, but we can do things on a day-to-day -day basis. The products we use, the water we drink, the foods we eat, um, the way we eliminate. So our bowel movements all play a huge role in, in detoxification. Um, and so this is something that we find to be extremely helpful. And then the last thing that we typically see is um, oxidative stress that can be really high, which is also related to that toxin exposure. So by doing the um, right testing, we find that patients are really successful in really addressing kind of those root causes. So although, you know, um, IVF is extremely helpful yeah. for many patients, we want to make sure that we're doing everything we can to maximize your IVF cycle. And so I, I encourage my patients typically to take, you know, anywhere between, you know, a three to four month break to really kind of take a step back. I think sometimes in IVF too, if you have a failed IVF cycle, um, your doctor, you know, kind of talks you through like why we think the failure happened, what we need to do next time, and then starts getting you ready for your next cycle. And you're like, wait a second. Like I just went through all of this. I, you know, was pumped with a ton of hormones and we're just going to start over again. Like, I don't know where to go. Um, and so this is where another space where sometimes it's good to take a little break to reset the system, get back to, you know, basics, because that is really what, um, what makes the difference. I love that. The way you describe the process you carry out in your clinic, it sounds so like supportive and you know, guiding and it gives like your patients a break. So yeah, as you said, they don't have to keep going like as if, you know, they got to keep trying till they have that baby. Um, I really love that. Um, so if, you know, anyone's like listening to this and they want to work with you or they want to find out more about your clinic in Scottsdale, where can they find you? So uh, best way to find us is either on Instagram. I'm always there. So if you have a question or you just, you know, want to ask something, I'm always there. So you can always um, come and hang out with me there. So Dr. Zen NMD is my um, Instagram handle. Otherwise you can always call our clinic. Um, our clinic is called NMD Wellness of Scottsdale. Um, and I will give you all the information so you can put it in the show notes too, as well. So yes, if they want to contact sure. us in any way, um, but we also offer free fertility guides 
slides and we I try to post as much as possible on particular topics that people are interested in in our community. So if there's something that you're interested in learning more about, um, I really um, encourage you to connect on Instagram uh, because I really do love speaking to all of you and really making the content based on what you're particularly looking for. Thank you so much for your time. I think, you know, I got a lot out of this conversation and I hope everyone who's listening got something out of it too. Um, so yeah, if you have any questions, you can look for her on Instagram or just ask us any questions and I'll pass some questions along to you as well. Thank you for coming on the show today. Thanks so much for having me. It was such a pleasure.